walking through the book of Mark, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Uh, if, you, if you could stand right now, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Levántate tu mano si quiere un, si necesito una Biblia. Raise your hand if you need a Bible. We have uh, S- uh, Spanish and English Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, you can raise, you can, uh, you can keep your, the Bible as long as you promise to read it a lot. More, than that, more on that during this message. We are in John, uh, rather Mark chapter 6, and we are in verse 30. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Verse 30, then the apostles gathered to Jesus. Let that sink in. We're going to talk a lot about that. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught, And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Let's pray. Father, we pray, Lord to hear from you, to know your mind. The Apostle Paul says, Lord, in one of his letters, that we would know the mind of Christ. Oh, Lord, how we want to know your mind. You say in your word, Lord, that with one mind... In one mouth, we may praise you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we need that mind, that one mind, the mind of Christ, Lord. We need to be in agreement as to what it is, Lord. Show me. Father, I just pray that you would give us that spirit of surrender, that spirit of where self-sufficiency is gone, where that spirit of independence is from you is gone, that, that, that eagerness, Lord, that thirst that David talked about for, of himself, he described himself in Psalm 63, said, Lord, I, I hunger, I thirst for you like, a dry, like in a dry and weary land where there is no water, Lord. I just pray, Lord. Satisfy our thirst today, but first, Lord, make us thirsty. I pray for anyone who came in here, Lord, that they're not thirsty for you. They're not hungry for you. They came in here, Lord, just um, as sort of like a, a religious exercise, Lord. I pray, Father, that, that you would put your finger on that and turn that hardness uh, like it, in the old testament they had lord they had that that offering where 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 a fine flour where the kernels the hard kernels uh, of wheat would be ground into fine flour fine flour lord that's what we want to be 
this morning, Lord, as we come to you, just that offering surrendered. Your word says, blessed are the poor in, in spirit, for they shall, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Lord. Make us poor in spirit in the sense, Lord, that our pride has been crushed down to fine flowers so that we just come to you knowing that you are our all and all. All things are all things are ours in you, Lord. Only show us your word and your mind. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. So we start here in verse 30 where it says, The apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had done. Taught. There's a lot in that verse. I want to go deep with this verse. First off, take note of this. This is the only place in the whole book of Mark where the word apostle is used. The only place in the whole book of Mark where the word apostle is used. Now that word apostle in the original language of Greek, which this letter was written in, it just, it means sent one, sent one, apostle, sent one. So if you go to verse seven, go back to verse seven of this same chapter, and verse 30 is connected directly to what goes on in verses seven through 13. Um, In verse seven of this same chapter, it says, he, Jesus, called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. That word, send them, same word. It could be translated. He apostled them. He sent them out is what it means. He sent them out two by two. So now on Sunday morning, we were in verses uh, 7 through 13. A few weeks ago, we learned what they were commanded to do when he sent them out. Again, in verse 7, he called the 12 uh, to himself and began to send them out two by two. Number one, when he commanded them to go out, he commanded them to Preach or teach. So look at verse 12. Verse 12, so they went out and preached that the people should repent, meaning turn away from whatever they were doing and turn to God. That's what repent means. So the first thing he commanded them to do when they were sent out was to preach and teach that people should repent, that they should turn to God. And he sent them out to, to, to preach that because they, weren't, they, weren't, they had not been turned to God. They were, not, they were not facing God. They were not walking towards God. They were not, their minds were not directed towards God. Repent. That's what he told them to do, to go out and tell the people to repent. And the, the, the second thing, number two, he, he told them to minister to those who were demon-possessed, and to the sick. So look at verse 13. He said, and they cast out 
many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick, and they healed them. So let's go back to verse 30 again where we started. It says, then the apostles, the sent ones, that's what it means, gathered to Jesus and told them all, both all things they had done. What had they done? They had cast out demons and they had anointed the sick with oil and healed them. And verse 30 continues, the apostles told him what they had taught. Now, it's really important that you understand. When Jesus sent out these guys at the beginning of chapter 6, they had never been sent out before. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago. There was a big shift at the beginning of chapter 6. At the beginning of chapter 6, uh, uh, well, up until that time, everything that was done and said was done by Jesus alone. That changes at the beginning of chapter 6 where now Jesus sends out the 12 to do the very same things he had been doing up to that point. Now, it's important that every one of you understand, Calvary Chapel, it's important that you understand that when these guys uh, were sent out at the beginning of chapter 6, they were green. They were completely inexperienced. Most scholars say that these guys were in their late teens and early 20s. They were spiritually immature. We are talking about the guys who we will be seeing in a rather short time in the book of Mark, getting into arguments into each other about which of them is the greatest. That's who he's sending out at the beginning of chapter 6. We're talking about uh, the guys who were trying to keep children from coming to Jesus, what are you kids doing here? You need to get back to the playground. These are the same guys he's, he, he's, he sent out and now they've come back and gathered to him, telling him what, what, what they had did and what they had taught. These are the same guys who we'll see coming up to Jesus um, um, in the gospels at a later time, saying, hey Jesus, that town over there, they don't like us. So can we call fire from heaven to destroy them? This is the same guys. Jesus at that time said, you, got, you don't know what spirit you're made of. Why are you saying that? I didn't come to destroy, but to save and to heal. Uh, and, and, and so um, these are the same guys. They were so far from knowing the mind of Christ, yet he sent them out anyway. And he does that with you. He does that with you. I remember the first time I was asked to give a message on a Sunday morning. It was 1993. And on the late Saturday night before I was, uh, I was preparing my message, I just had this sick feeling coming over me. 
what in the world am I doing? What have I gotten myself into? This is what Jesus does. The Lord will send you out even when you are green. If you're not familiar with that expression, that means inexperienced. He'll send you out, sink or swim. Lord, I thought you were a God of love. I'm not feeling it, Lord. He, you're, you're going to, uh, he's going to send you out, and that's what you're going to uh, uh, be feeling. Why does he do that? Not only sending you out, but sending you out early. This is what Jesus does with those who give their hearts to him. Why does he do it? Well, there's at least two things. Number one, to teach you to depend on him. Do we have that, Dave? To teach you to depend on him. To teach you, better yet, to teach you what happens when you do things in your own strength. which is what every man and woman does when they first go out. They, 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 they do things in their own strength. They fall flat on their face. They, they learn we all have done it, but, but the Lord puts us through it. He sends us out to, to teach us to, to, to minister on behalf of him, not in our own strength, but his. Verse seven is clear that he had given them power. He gives you power too. It says in verse seven, it says, it says he called the 12 to and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. He gives you power when he sends you out. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He gives that to you, but it takes a little time before you just stop relying on your own strength and start allowing his power to work through you. And it takes time. God will send you out, God will send you out Calvary Chapel. Wait, you want me to go out? Lord, now me? Yes. Until you learn how to rely, not on your own strength, but his power, and he'll be sending you out even after you do learn that. And, and, and to be honest, it's something that we learn until the Lord uh, brings us home to be with him. Why else? Why else does God do this? Why else does, uh, does he, he send us out? He, why does he send you out when you're so green and inexperienced? Answer, because he has chosen you to do life with him. To do life with him. He's, he, he's chosen uh, you to do that. Incredible verse in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says this. It says, 
we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Let that one sink in. You are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. He sends you out because he has chosen you to do life with him. So number one, to teach you to depend on him. But supremely, listen, Calvary Chapel, because he's chosen you to do life. Not on your own, but with him. Look at verse 30 again. So important. It's right there. There's this whole doing life with him thing. It says, then the apostles gathered to Jesus. The apostles gathered to Jesus. They gathered to Jesus, and then what does it say? And they told him some things. Does it say that? Whoa, you guys with me? Does it say that? What does it say? All things. things. It says, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. This is a really long conversation. There's 12 of them. And they had been out for a while. Jesus has chosen you to do life with him. Not just to do things he tells you to do. Did you, did you hear that? That's just empty religion. Not just to do things that he's told you to do, but to do them with him. The apostle gathered to Jesus and told him all things. Now, notice what it says in verse 31. It says, and Jesus said to them, come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. Notice Jesus does not say, go somewhere. Hey, just go somewhere and get some rest. It's not what he says. <laughs> he says, come, come aside, meaning come to me, all of you. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place. And then verse 32 says, so they, meaning all of them with Jesus departed to a, de- a, a, a deserted place. Jesus says, come, come to me and let's go to a deserted place. Calvary Chapel, Jesus has chosen you to do life with him. It takes us so long to figure this out. Not to do stuff for him supremely, but to do life with him. And, and, and so Jesus says in, 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 in verse 32 again, come aside by yourself to do a deserted place and rest a while. Now the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that you, me, we are to be strengthened, are to be established by grace. Hebrews 13 says, not by eating this food and observing that day and laws and doing stuff, you are to be established, strengthened by grace. Grace, God's riches at 
Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. You're to be strengthened by God's riches at Christ's expense. And no other, there's no better way to learn about, or to be strengthened by God's grace, to be established in grace, than to do a word study. Listen, Calvary Chapel, of the word C-O-M-E, come. The word come. I am told that it's mentioned 3,000 times in the Bible. Listen, 1,300, almost half of those times, it is meant to encourage. The word come. The word come. Repeatedly, Jesus uses the word as he does here. He, it's speaking of gathering them to himself. Verse 31, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Come to me with each other, all of you. Come yourselves to me, is what he's saying, and let's go to a deserted place and let us rest. It is among the first words. Incredible word study to, to, to strengthen your heart. Take some time to, 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 to just study. Do it. It's so easy to do that with the internet now. Study when Jesus says, come. It's among the first words that Jesus said after going public to disciples, John chapter one, verse 39, come up to him and say, hey, where are you staying, Jesus? What did he say? He said, come and see. That's what he said, come and see where I'm staying. Among the last words in the Bible are in Revelation twenty-two seventeen. 17. You guys know the verse. It says, Jesus says, uh, in the, among the last things he says in the Bible, he said, the spirit and the bride say, come and let him who is thirsty come, come to me. Uh, the, the, his first and last words, the word come. Jesus' message was, was ever and always, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, there were times he said, depart. You never want to hear that word from Jesus, the word depart. But, but to those whose hearts were being drawn to him, even um, hearts that just had the door a little bit open, he said, come to me, come to me. It is what set, sets apart. Again, in Hebrews 13, it says, let your hearts be established by grace. Not by religious stuff, but by grace. No better than a word study of this word, uh, come. Listen, it's what sets apart. This little phrase, come to me, that Jesus uses, it's what sets apart the gospel, which is the ministry of Jesus, from the law, the ministry of Moses. The ministry of Jesus, John chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 11, 20 through 30, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But the message of the law in the Old Testament was what? You remember the burning bush. Exodus chapter three, verse five. What does God say? 
don't come near, you're on holy ground. Now, Calvary Chapel, that is heavy. (laughs) That's the ministry of the law. Don't come near, God says to Moses, you are on holy ground. He made him stop right where he was. And later on in, in, in Exodus 19, that's a scary chapter to read if you don't know Jesus Christ who fulfilled the law. In Exodus 19, Moses, God tells Moses, you better tell the people not to come near this mountain. He had gone up Mount Sinai to get the law. And in Exodus 19, Moses uh, said, uh, God said to Moses, tell the people not to come near lest I break forth in judgment. Wow. Jesus, however, sets his life apart from the ministry of the law, and it's the ministry of grace. Come to me, he says. Jesus fulfills the law, and then that's what he tells us. Come, I'm telling you, it's a great word study. So let's read again, verse 30. Verse 30, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Listen, Calvary Chapel. <laughs> Listen to me. You would not believe the misery. You will spare yourself. The mistakes you will never make. The foolishness you will avoid. The landmines you will steer away from. And the sin that you would repent of. The pride, the envy, the lust, the covetousness that you didn't even know that's there that God will show you if you do this every day, if you gather to Jesus. That's what it says in verse 30. And tell him everything you're doing and everything you're saying. You will spare yourself of the worst kind of pain if you will only do that. If I had only gone to Jesus, I don't know how many times in my life, and just told him all things I was doing and seeing, I would have avoided So much pain. It's a beautiful picture. They gathered to Jesus and told him all things they had done and what they had said. As you share that with the Lord, he will gently tell you, gently. The Bible says in Psalm 18, his gentleness makes you great. He will tell you gently, no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. (laughs) He will say, oh, wait a second. You said what? You're saying what to what person? You're saying that to that person? No, 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 no. You don't want to do that. They gathered to Jesus, verse 30, and said to him all things that they had done and what they had said, what they had taught. Calvary Chapel, if you gather to Jesus, if you go to that place and be alone with God, and the first thing we tell someone who first comes to the Lord is just, 
develop the habit, the wonderful habit, the wonderful place of, of getting in a place by yourself, just you and God. It's like, what? That's weird. Like, I've never done that. Yeah, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. To, to go to that alone place, just you and God, and tell him all things that you're doing, all things that you're saying, and, and ask him. You're okay with this, right? <laughs> right? And, and Jesus has chosen you, Calvary Chapel, to do life with him. And, to, and not to do things apart from him, but to do and say with him, to do life with him. I uh, am reading this book I told you earlier with uh, Pastor Eric Burks. It's called The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. And this week we were going over this book together. And I tell you, we went over what Maybe among the most profound things I had ever read. When I read it, I'm like, wow. And this is what Dallas Willard says. It's so simple. When we pray, we enter the real world. Just let that sink in. <laughs> let that sink in. When we pray, we enter the real world. Why is that? Because God chose you to do life with him. To do life with him. When you pray, you enter the real world. When, when you gather to Jesus and tell him uh, what you're doing and saying, you enter the real world. Why? Because when you do, your bodies and souls begin to function for the first time for the reason they were created for. Are you with me? So when you're not doing life with God, when you're avoiding talking to him, when you're, when you're not praying to him, you're not in the real world. You're, 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 you're sort of in a crazy mad, madness. Well, you'll, you'll never be able to get your bearing. You'll never be able to get anchored in this world. When we pray, we enter the real world. That is why anyone who tries to do life without God, and I know you guys know this, when anyone tries to do life without God, anybody, anybody on planet Earth, they were made to do life with God. That's why God made them. But when they don't, eventually life begins to derail, decouple emotionally, mentally, and even physically. And, and people are forced to compensate in a thousand other ways than going to God. They'll try to compensate. And let me tell you, that is a spectacular tragedy. A tragedy which we see being lived out all around us every day. People trying to live life without God the one who created them to do life with them. They're, they're being emotionally derailed. And, 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 and meanwhile, the whole time God, it says his, his word goes out to all the earth. And, and what is the word? Come to me. All creation shouts out, the Bible says. 
Come to me and find rest for your soul. They gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest. Rest with me. One other quote, and then we'll close. It's by a, a pastor named John Daniel Jones. He was a pastor in Wales, the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s. Welch. I've been reading this guy. Wow, it's just been rich. But he says this, communion, meaning spending time with Jesus, that doesn't lead to serving others is unhealthy. So just pause there. So uh, over history, just monks have done good things. They've preserved the written word. They've done some really good things over history. But if all it is is being a monk, meditating, and praying to God, talking to Jesus, and that's all you do, that is unhealthy. Communion, spending time with Jesus, that doesn't lead to serving others is unhealthy, but serving others without communion, meaning spending time with Jesus, is sterile and barren, meaning empty, and in the long run, it's impossible. Did you hear that? It's impossible. And Americans, oh, wow, we're good at this. We, we are just good at, you know, of going into a situation and, and do, 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 do. Serving others without communion, meaning spending time with, uh, uh, with Jesus, is sterile and barren. And in the long run, it is impossible. Notice in this chapter what's happening. Both, right? Jesus sends them off to serve others. They come back to be with him to gather to him, to share with him everything that they had been done and what they had taught. And then they're in a healthy Christian life, there's, listen, there's a cycle. There is a cycle that goes back and forth. It's spending time with Jesus, serving others. Spending time with Jesus, serving others. Man, woman, you do one without the other, you're gonna go to an unhealthy place. And in fact, the Christian life is, is in the long run. It's impossible any other way. Verse 32 says, So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves, doing life with Jesus. I'm going to call the worship team up at this time the worship team could come up. And I think what we'll do is um, I'm just going to ask Eddie, if you could just start with uh, if you could just start just with, uh, with an instrumental and, 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 and if, some, if your heart is stirred 
I don't know about you, but I was just really convicted by verse 30, gathering to Jesus and telling him all things. Again, we're going to have a workshop at the end of May, a prayer workshop, but just how practically does this happen? And oh, do I want to see this reality in your life? Do you want me to pray for you? Stand up. How to make that happen in your life? Just stand up. I'll pray for you. If you're sit, if you're sitting, please, if you're sitting down, please, please agree with me as I pray for those standing up. But but if you, if you want to, just have me pray for you and have just all the rest of us who are sitting also pray. Um, pray for you as well practically speaking what does that look like I remember the first few times I tried I woke up 30 minutes later one of the things that happens you fall asleep you were chosen Calvary Chapel life with God. Anything else is not the real world. Father, I just, we all just agree that that, that's just a fact. And I, I pray by the Spirit, Lord, that you would just be showing us more and more what that means what 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 does the real world look like you're telling us it's doing life with you what does that look like practically lord we got to go to jobs where we have to focus all day if we're not we're not we're ripping our employers off what is it what, what does it mean to to do life with you lord i pray for everyone standing here they were called to that job, that school, that, that um, ministry, to be with those kids. How do you do life with Jesus when kids are crying all day? Lord, you, you show them by your spirit. It says that when you sent the disciples out, you gave them power. It says you've not given these people standing, these men and women who are standing right now. You didn't give them a spirit of fear, but of love and power in the sound mind. How, how do they, how do they tap into that power and just rest even while they're working, Lord? How's that happen? Show them, Lord. Speak to them. Pray that they would go out this week. Pray that I would go out, all of us, sitting and standing, Lord. What a beautiful scene. These guys gathering to Jesus and telling him, not some, but all. And he's just sitting there silent, listening to them. That's you, Lord. That's you now. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You love what you hear. It's your pleasure hearing. I just pray that everyone standing, that they, that they would understand. It is your pleasure when they do life with you, with surrendered hearts, with teachable hearts. 
I pray this in Jesus' name. If everyone could stand. Let's close out with, uh, I think we have time for a couple worship songs. Let's worship the Lord now. Sing before the throne. throne of God above, I have a strong 